Hello and welcome to the Ramen Profitable Podcast. My name is Atish Mazumdar and I'm here with my co-pilot, the great and powerful Chris Scott. And this is the podcast about testing out your ideas, taking your first steps, and really overcoming those obstacles on the way to entrepreneurship. Enjoy. We are so matchy. We are matchy today. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, counterpoints, uh, soulmates, whatever you want to call it. You're still riding that train? Yeah, I think we're riding that train. I, th- I think we're we're destined for one another. We're soulmates, Chris. You just have to accept it. I guess so. All because some weirdo <laughs> asked you to be in a threesome. Oh yeah, no, he didn't at first. That's right. I forgot. That's our origin story. That's, That's our, our origin, origin story. story. Oh man, yeah. How did you uh, meet him in the first place? I don't and, remember. And actually, Immediate follow-up question, have you heard from him recently? No, not at all. I have not. I've only heard of multiple people that have met him where he asked mm-hmm. the same question. Yeah. 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 He seems very, because <clears throat> it's like he went from me and then he also engaged my sister on the same line of questioning and just like, it seems like, you know, at first I would have honestly been, you know, honored or touched or something, you know, whatever. <laughs> Definitely still wouldn't have... Uh, engaged in said activities with uh this this fella but um then it turns out he's just asking everybody under the sun right so. i think that that kind of aligns with uh if you're a little bit dumber mm-hmm. you, you'd feel a little more uh accomplished right because he's, yeah. he's stupid enough to ask everybody and their mom to do a right. threesome yeah. Yeah. No, literally. It's like, it's like, I mean, you have to admire because maybe that's the true salesman approach, right? Is, I mean, not asking everybody because that would be trying to sell to a bunch of unqualified leads, which is not a good sales approach. But part of what I understand to be crucial to a salesperson's mentality is like this constant sense of optimism. And now you need to have uh, a little bit of, you know, reality checks in there. Like you need to do all the activities that are actively, you know, helping your pipeline and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, one thing that you constantly hear, especially with prospecting activities, right? Do you know what I mean when I say prospecting? Uh, like trains and mining and stuff? <laughs> no. <laughs> so prospecting is the, I think everyone would agree, is the most difficult and the most hated part of sales because you need to find people to sell to uh, who might be, you know, there's, there's some kind of indicating information that would show that they might need your product or your service or something. This would make them a warm lead in the sense that they are interested or they will have some interest in general for what you're looking or what you're selling, but they haven't, they don't know you specifically yet. They don't know anything about your company, presumably all that kind of stuff. So then what you have to do, so let's say, uh, you know, um, a new, like, like just for, you know, uh, like example purposes, a new jujitsu school opens up here in Phoenix, Arizona, and, uh, you know, they're, they're doing all kinds of other stuff like, you know, uh, oh, we do ice baths on Sunday and all that kind of stuff. It's like, huh, they might be interested in a little bit of flow roll. So I don't know them. They don't know me. I don't really know anything about them other than they seem to be interested in the same stuff that I'm interested in. So now I have to email them and be like, hey guys, you know, whatever. And probably that goes directly to spam because they don't recognize my email address. Uh, Or they just like click into it. They're like, who the fuck is this guy? They delete it. Uh, Then I have to, you know, give them a call on the phone because if they didn't answer the email, well, all right, let me try something different. Let me give them a call on the phone or let me send them a second email and be like, hey, guys, I uh, don't know if I missed you the other time or if I went straight to spam, but, you know, blah, 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 like whatever my pitch is. So prospecting is the activity of trying to generate a strong lead that might be interested in your service or your company or your product or whatever it is. Uh, And it's the worst part of the job like it it actively is the worst part of the job and but one of the things that people say in prospecting and stuff like that is like you should be happy when you get a no 
You should be happy when somebody, you know, closes the door on your face proverbially or hangs up the phone or does whatever. Because statistically speaking, there are, you know, this many no's. Like if you do, if you approach this many people, and I forget how many people that is. It's like a published statistic. But this many people are going to say no. This many people are going to say yes. Like just out of 100 people, this percentage say no. This percentage say yes. So each time you get a no, you should be happy because you're on to the next one. You've already disqualified that lead. You're on to the next one. So you're going that much faster towards getting to your yes. Uh, I think that was one of the elements of the movie. Um, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? No. <laughs> uh, well, kind of. Yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't uh, actually seen that Toy movie. Toy Story 2. No. With, uh, with no. the prospector. Frazier no. was the prospector. No, 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 no. Um, I was going to say, uh, what's that really sad Will Smith movie? Uh, I Am Legend? No. <laughs> no, that's. Uh, I guess that's another sad Will Smith movie. Uh, the one where like he, he's a businessman and uh, he goes through some really fucking depressing hard times and he's got the little kid. Wild Wild West? No. Um, I Robot. No. Now Pursuit we're just of go- Happiness. What? Pursuit yeah, of Happiness. Yeah, yeah, Pursuit of Happiness. Okay. I was just about to Google it. Yeah. Yeah. Pursuit- <laughs> we had to roll through the entire Will Smith catalog to get there. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was the whole thing there. He was like, I realized I could make a bunch more dials if I didn't actually hang up the phone. I would just click and redial. So like he was just basically keeping himself connected to the phone. And he's like, each time I would get a no, I would just strike that number and immediately dial the next and stuff like that. So that's part of that like salesman's mentality is that each no or each, you know, whatever just allows me to pivot to the next person who would be um, probably a better buyer or like we we can assume that they'd be a better buyer so i think that that's kind of the approach that this uh this guy was taking was just like every time he gets a no he just moves on to the next person yeah kind of just keeps going which is like in sales that's one thing because you're trying to sell something to each person for for this guy it's like that's a weird approach because it's like don't you have to want to sell the good in this case like like or does he just want to like does he like a business want to sell to everybody which doesn't make any sense to me which doesn't make him appealing to a lot of people i mean if you have low standards why should i lower my standards to join this weird train that you want to put together yeah i mean this is why we should really talk to him about business models you know what let's reach out let's have him on the podcast That's all on you. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) You know, we should we should have him on the podcast because we should tell him like, hey, man, take a look at Equinox's business model. Right. Have you heard of Equinox? Uh, That is that the uh, that the the centaur is what I'm thinking of. The the half man, half bull in the maze that asks you a a minotaur. Minotaur. Yeah. Yeah. Centaur is a cartoon from the 80s. And a half man, half horse, and has nothing to do with what. Oh, centaur is half man, half horse. Equinox is uh, something with the horse. There's no horse involved. Equine, no. <laughs> equinox. No, no, there's no horse involved. I, I don't, oh, you're. Th- I, I actually, you know what? I've got to applaud you on that. It's the E Q U I that is making you think like equestrian equina okay i I can see how you're getting there because it it has nothing to do with horses by the way but i can see i bet you it does and you just don't know it doesn't you know maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong um maybe equinox has everything to do with horses maybe i'm just uh uh ignorant to this to this particular fact uh for me uh, Equinox is a chain of gyms <laughs> that is, I think they're nationwide, but they're mostly in like big cities like Seattle and uh, New York and, uh, you know, L.A. and stuff like that. So I um, briefly lived in California, as I'm sure you remember. And while uh-huh. I was there, I was like, OK, let's see what the hype is all about. Let me go check out this Equinox in uh, uh, near Westwood, which is where I worked. And um the memberships were like 200 bucks a month, like Whoa. just absolutely ludicrous, right? Like just I, I was like, OK, well, obviously I'm not going here, but they do have the just like tip top, like highest end of stuff. I don't know what their service is like because I didn't go there <laughs> because they don't take riffraff like me at, at Equinox. But the point is, is like <clears throat> obviously that that price tag 
turns away a lot of people. But it also, it's like, it creates what I think, and I don't, you know, again, this is all just like a third party party out, outsider. Like, I don't actually know. But I think that it almost creates, it was a blue ocean strategy because they wanted to be like, we want to be an exclusive, like high-end gym. And they put their locations in these specific places where people like that kind of shit. LA, New York, Seattle. Uh, I think there's one in Chicago. I think, you know, there's, there's like a couple in Marina Del Rey. <clears throat> so like, basically they're not catering towards this group. Like they're not trying to do what every gym does where every gym is like, yeah, we want everybody. Everybody's good here. Like it's basically the opposite of the planet fitness model. The planet fitness model turns a lot of people away too, myself included, because they do shit like, okay, it's $10 a month. Uh, and there's also a um, lunk alarm that if anyone's grunting while they're lifting or anything like that, or if they're like wearing one of those like tank tops and they're all muscly and shit like that, then that alarm goes off and we kick them out of the gym and shit like that, which is ludicrous, especially when they also do like free pizza Wednesdays. You know what I mean? So it's like, Planet Fitness is doing the exact opposite. It's the gym for everybody, but they're also being exclusive in the way that Equinox is because they're specifically trying to target people like they're not they're trying to target people who are intimidated of going to a regular gym because there are people who like work out or are muscly there, I guess. I don't know. I don't understand it. Just like I don't understand Equinox, I don't understand Planet Fitness, but that's the range. And so how this relates to our uh, mutual acquaintance, I wouldn't call him anything more than that. <laughs> yeah, um, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Uh, how this relates to our mutual acquaintance is that it's like, I don't understand your business model because you're trying to like, you're trying to sell literally to everyone. You're trying to convert everyone into a warm lead. Whereas it's like for myself, I got better results because I was looking at a targeted population and that was my, that was who I prospected into, so to speak. I didn't, I didn't just prospect across the board. But, you know, I don't know anything about his particular goals. So I, I guess I, I, I think I understand Equinox versus Planet Fitness. I mean, Equinox is for the person that is like 100% into fitness, like every day wants to go in something like someone like you. Yeah. Where I want to be at the gym at 4 a.m. every day and <laughs> right. have it all clear and clean. And I can do my things and I can get in and get out. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about. In amateurs in the way you don't have to worry about you know new year's rushes and yeah yeah brand new fitness people but then on the flip side you have planet fitness where it's for the people that are like i want to work out but i'm not taking it too seriously mm -hmm. i'm gonna go in do 20 reps of curls and push-ups and then eat some pizza on the way out so yeah, it's like they know fitness is a you know doing something is better than nothing and doing just enough to you know keep you going i think is uh, something to strive for for some people I guess I like that part. I totally understand what I don't understand is the other discriminatory practices. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like in order to create a safe and whatever comfortable environment for some, they naturally have to exclude others like that. That in and of itself is, you know what I mean? Because it's like anyone being a douchebag at a gym, regardless of whether you're at Planet Fitness, if you're at Mountainside Fitness like I am, or even if you're, you're at Equinox, it's like, that's the behavior that shouldn't be tolerated. Just being a douchebag on either side of it. But what I don't like is that there's literally an alarm that if like, like grunting to lift weight is kind of natural given that like once you get above, I don't know, 30 pounds, it's like, that's, that's just, that's part of like, lifting weight in and of itself, even if we go all the way back to the myth of Sisyphus, which I would love to do. Actually, that's some great podcast material if you want to engage on that. <clears throat> but even if we go back to the myth of Sisyphus, it's the the idea, and this is, this is deeply paraphrasing the work of Albert Camus, if you will. Uh, uh, I will not. So Sisyphus was punished by the gods that he had to spend an eternity rolling a huge boulder uh, up to the top of a hill. And then inevitably what would happen is it would roll back down. So then he would have to chase it back down and then he would have to roll it back up. And what a lot of people state is that the it was a if you look at just the punishment, it actually doesn't make sense because it's like he rolls the boulder to the top of the hill the boulder rolls back down, 
So it's like the idea that he has to be in perpetual motion. But when the boulder's rolling back down, he's just following it down the hill. That's that's the rest period. That's the, you know, whatever. But then people who aren't philosophers, but guys like Jocko Willink, take it one step further. And he says, I don't call that a punishment at all. I call that good. Because each time you're pushing the boulder to the top of the hill, you're getting stronger. You're getting more adept. And so eventually you just, you know, it just it's the constant moving. It's the constant growth, the constant, you know, whatever. So that's kind of the problem is that like my problem with um, Planet Fitness isn't that they want to like it's like, yeah, I, w- I want to get rid of uh, douchebag behavior in the gym also. But I also disagree with like philosophically with the idea that like exerting yourself is a bad thing. I think the I don't think that's what's happening. I think what they're doing is they're setting up rules and standards that allow them to get rid of douchebags without calling people douchebags. They mm. can't have a no douchebag rule because that's that's a lawsuit. Some douchebag would sue over that. Can you sue over uh, du- being called a douchebag? It's probably some sort of defamation, defamation, <laughs> something, something douchey. Some douchebag would get some douchebag lawyer to douche all over. Mm, I don't know. Let me say I, that one more time. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's true. Uh, I think it's just them setting up rules to where if someone were to be bring uh, that energy to a gym that will turn off the larger portion of their clientele. It allows them to mm. diffuse that situation easier because they have the rules to fall back on versus yeah. just calling out one person. I think it's called uh, it's referred to as Chad energy. Have you heard that? Chad energy. Is that something from the early 2000s? Um, it, it definitely refers to somebody. It's like, it's a guy who wears a Von Dutch trucker hat. It's a guy who like, um, I'm just going to send you a bunch of Chad memes after this. Uh, but basically you're you're like pretty much right on the money. Chad energy is like, you know, listens to Limp Biscuit and you know, whatever, that kind of thing. Uh, he did it all for the Nookie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Of course, Chris would know some uh, would know some Limp Biscuit uh, references. Just like you know, that that was prime year time. I feel like, yeah, that was high school for me. Like Limp yeah, Biscuit, exactly. yeah. Oh man, oh high school twenty years ago. Yeah. Oh God, don't even. I mean, uh, are you uh, going to your? Didn't you say you were going to your uh, your? Uh, what I just the, got the. Uh, I just got a first message saying, "Hey, would you be interested in going?" Uh, do you know anybody else's information? Because everyone is off of social media now. And it probably won't be till later on in the year. So probably October. Yeah, that's that's kind of what a lot of places like my work right now. They're like, oh, we're going to have a back to school party, <laughs> you know, whenever we go live again. It's like, OK, let me actually get your take on this, because uh, I was just talking to my buddy about this and he and I have very opposing views on this subject. Uh oh. I have never been to a Christmas party for my work, despite having worked there for three years now. Uh, I don't really go to these outside events. I don't want to. But, you know, my buddy was like, well, you know, you should probably go to the like, we can go back to work party and you should probably go to the Christmas party. Like, he's like, you should probably do those things. What's your take? I think you probably should. As much as it sucks, I think you should. They just are such a, like, it just seems so fraudulent. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want, like, if I wanted to spend time with these people, like, there are some people at my org who I would spend time with outside of work. That's true. But the vast majority of people, it's like, I'm not interested in that. Like, why do we have to fake it like this? It's part of the game. I mean, it's part of the corporate game that you have to play. You're not doing it for your coworkers. You're not doing it so you can hang out with people. Mm-hmm. You're doing it to show upper management that you're a team player. Yeah, but I'm because you're like- probably you're probably going to have corporate people fly in for this party. Yeah, they're probably going to you know fly to all the different locations and go to all the parties. Yeah, and then just mingle with people. So it's just a chance to meet people face those people face to face, show that you were there, and then bounce. <sighs> okay, what's the kind of time commitment we're looking at here? How long? Uh, two to three hours. That long? I can't yeah, show I mean, that I, I was there in like an it's hour. Gonna, it, it's going to, you, but the way you talk, it's probably going to be four hours. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but it's, you know, it's going to take you like a half hour to like warm up to the party, get there, yeah. check in your coat, park your car, get a drink or whatever they're doing, check mm. out the buffet, show everybody your desk that used to be there. Uh, yeah, Just I don't like think I even open house at school. Yeah, man. I, uh, oh yeah, I remember that. I actually have not, since I rejoined the company, I've never been back to the office because I rejoined right when like COVID was really cranking up. Like that was <clears throat> end of March was when I, uh, end of March last year. So actually right around this time was when I rejoined the company. And, um, so I've never been back. And as far as I know, I just don't have a desk. So, and like my team specifically, like we're not going back to working in the office. We can stay working from home. And I've told them that I'm going to work from home on, on the certain days that they like explicitly need people to come in. Sure. I'll come in, but I'm staying working from home. So as far as I know, I don't, I, I don't even have a desk. What if you do have a desk that you don't know about? And it's like the corner office with the best views in the building. And that's why that guy is upset with you. Oh, because I don't show up to like, I don't appreciate the things that I have. <laughs> Right. Or he, you haven't even shown up to the office once to use the best <laughs> office in the whole building. Uh, uh, somehow I don't think that that's true, but that would be a delicious irony <laughs> if, it, yeah. if it turns out. I, think, just I like, think that might be true. This ungrateful shit. Like we gave him the corner <laughs> office with right here overlooking the, the horrible Tempe Canal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Dude, yeah, all the things that they call like the Tempe Town Lake and stuff like that. It's like it's the most disgusting place on the planet. Like it's it's not it's kind of like how everyone reveres the river Ganges for its, you know, historical value and all that kind of stuff. But if you've ever actually been there, you know, it's a shithole. Like, yeah, it is what it is. All right. Well, I'm obviously a little disappointed in that. I guess I'm going to have to go to these work events and I'm going to have to, you know, really put some time and effort into it and all that kind of stuff. I was planning on it's, not. It's not it's it's not a social event. It's a work event. You're working there. You're you know, you have to show that you're part of the team, part of the company. Mm. That's why you're going. You're not going because you think these people are swell and you want to do game <laughs> night with them. You, you know, you're you're going just to show face and you're a team player. Yeah. And you know, watch that one guy get wasted so you have something to talk about for the rest of the year with your other employees. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I, that's what these parties are for. That's what it's not for anything more than that. OK, yeah, maybe I had the wrong idea about it. I thought it was like that everyone was gathering because I actually want to socialize. And I'm going to be honest, like I don't no. I don't. Nobody wants to go to these. Nobody likes going to these parties. <laughs> Everyone's just going because they feel like they have to. OK, OK, so we're all on the same like yeah. level. We're all doing the same thing. We're doing this because we have to. We're doing this because we want to demonstrate the same stuff to upper level leadership that we're here to like, you know, we're committed and we're going to do the things we got to do. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's what it is. It's nothing more than that. All right. Well, then uh yeah, we have a, a Christmas in July party that I guess I'm going to be attending. Oh. That's fun. I should do a Christmas in July party. For 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 Elephant Scout? <laughs> for Elephant Scout, no. We are going to do some sort of... We have to do some sort of rap party with everybody. Because no for one's met podcast. anybody. Yeah, everyone's been working remotely. So no one's really interacted with each other. Mm -hmm. So it'd be nice. How, that's actually an interesting question. Because I heard this as a critique of... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Was that somebody said, you know, because, you know, I like listening to movie reviews, like just in general. Right. Yeah, yeah. S somebody said that it was very obvious in Guardians of the Galaxy that Bradley Cooper was recording his stuff completely separate from the rest of the cast. First of all, I didn't feel that way at all. I, I like I, and openly like I probably wouldn't even know what I'm listening for. You know what I mean? Like just because I didn't hear it doesn't mean that it's not there because like what I don't know could fill a barn. Right. But is that something that actually is something that you were kind of curbing against during this? Or did you not find that there was kind of that effect of like, that it wasn't cohesive if people weren't saying their lines back to one another? Uh, I definitely could tell that if I wasn't on top of it, the tones of the, uh, the way people delivered their lines were, was not meshing that well. Really? So I feel like in like uh, there's an episode where uh, Harriet is interviewing uh, a witness, a surviving victim. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Harriet starts off a little harsh 
and it's like, and the victim is coming in like a hundred percent. I just wasn't traumatized like an yeah. hour ago. You yeah. Know? So, so it would, it would, it would feel kind of disconnected because it's like uh, an office or a detective rather wouldn't would be with someone who's coming in this gentle and this kind of soft and vulnerable. They wouldn't be kind of coming in that aggressive, or maybe not aggressive is the wrong word, but like. That they would be taking a different tone with it, probably than than right. just the way you would like read it off a paper, basically. Exactly, and I and I think if they were in the same room together, or if they were conversing together, she would be able to feed off that energy. Like yeah. she had no, I had, no one knew what was going to happen with the victim because we hadn't recorded it yet. So we just had the first side, and I probably should have recorded the victim first. Mm. So like, tone tone down, Harriet, a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's actually an interesting thing that I don't really think about that often. But they do say that still, um, at, like as robust as, you know, English or any other languages, a majority of human communication is um, is nonverbal. So, of course, the problem that you have then is without cues, because even if we were doing a podcast like like this, and let's say we were recording a story, but back and forth, like we're each doing our lines back and forth to one another, we're still reacting off of each other. Like, for instance, if you were, I mean, presumably, your body language would mimic being vulnerable, being exposed, being traumatized, being, you know, whatever, whatever happened in the victim character, um, your body language would kind of mimic that as you're delivering those lines. So probably that signals to the other person how they would respond. But of course, if you're both doing it completely independently, you don't have that kind of signaling to go off of. So you're just kind of reading it how you think you should read it, but you don't, it's not that actual like human kind of interaction. That's really challenging. Yeah, it was definitely challenging. So there were a few moments like that um, where it was just tough. And then, and then there were even some uh, characters that wanted to record on their own. They mm -hmm. didn't want any direction. They just wanted to do it on their own time. And then oh. those were even harder. Yeah. So it was a bit tough. So I, I think the plan is, uh, cause we we're done recording. We're going to go back and listen to everything and try and smooth everything out. Maybe do some re-recording, uh, get, you know, lock it in a hundred percent and then do like a solid push to, cause all eight episodes will be out and just doing a solid push saying, Hey, go binge this now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that it's every episode is released, go ahead and just listen to, yeah. Because I mean, they're super consumable. Like, um, I think most of the episodes are between 30 to 40 minutes, right? I think it's 20 to 30, 20 to 30. Okay. I know. Yeah. yeah. So they're super consumable. So it's like, in all honesty, <clears throat> you know, I'm usually doing like, uh, like a podcast or something like that. Like I'm doing a longer stretch at a time. So with 20 to 30 minutes, it's like you could burn through the the entire storyline while you're, you know, taking a hour and a half drive or, well, that actually doesn't work out. Uh, <laughs> well, if you're driving, for instance, if you're driving to and from, uh, so if you go to Tucson from Phoenix and then from Tucson back to Phoenix, it's like you could probably burn through the a majority at least of the of the catalog, if not the entire story, depending on specifically where you're going. So yeah, so it's it's gonna be, I think, 160 minutes. So that's an hour and 40 minutes. So yeah, perfect. Yeah, like, like a feature film. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. That's awesome. Um see, I'm I'm exactly the opposite of those folks who wanted to record completely by themselves because every like small Chris Scott thing that I've been involved in. It's like, I need, I want that direction so bad. I need you to tell me how I'm, <clears throat> cause like, for instance, uh, it, it helped for instance, when I, uh, recorded that one little line that I existed in, uh, the, the Tucson heat universe for the, the one line, because the first time I read, like you, you coached me, you were like, uh, do it a little more like this. Why don't you pull back on like whatever you're doing <laughs> and do it a little more like this. Because that was the the same thing that I had with um, doing that little quarantine scene or corn scene or whatever it was, uh, where I was uh, my favorite buddy, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, yeah. Um, because it's like, all I had to do was just try and match his energy. I already saw someone doing it. So it's like, okay, let me just do that. You know what I mean? But otherwise, if I'm just reading lines, and of course, I'm not an actor, I'm not a voice actor, I'm not anything. So it's like when I'm just reading lines, it's like I can only read them in the same kind of like way. So I need someone to always tell me, no, 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 try it like this or like say it like this or how would you feel if you're doing this? You know what I mean? It's like I don't I don't get people who want to like just record on their own because I would have no idea like how I'm supposed to be coming off right now. Well, 
You did it. You figured it out. I you were did. a champ. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exciting, man. So you're, uh, you're almost there. You're almost complete. Almost complete. We have two more to edit. Uh, one more comes out on Tuesday, and then one more the following Tuesday, and then we're done. Nice. What? Uh, <clears throat> so, what are your thoughts for the the big push? Like, once they're all recorded, and hey, go listen to all of it. Like, what are you what are you thinking about doing? I'm going to do a week of social media, me begging people for reviews <laughs> to go leave a review, and then I want to make a trailer with quotes from those reviews. Because apparently that's a important thing that I had never thought about. I've always thought mm. reviews were irrelevant because I've never followed reviews. I've always based my opinion on projects by sure. my own viewing or consumption of said project. And apparently it's a big deal having that social proof to go listen to this thing. Yeah. See, that's what's curious to me about things like podcasts or things like um things like podcasts or things like movies even or things like TV shows is that weirdly I feel like I'm not one of these people who reads that much into reviews for those things because to be clear, it's like if I'm looking for, um, I'm, I'm like a brand loyalist in terms of things that I already know about like supplements or uh, you know, dog stuff. You know, or actually, that's a bad example. I don't know. You you get what I'm saying. Like, there uh-huh. are the certain things that I already know a lot about. So therefore, I'm like, okay, I know what I'm looking for. This is what it is. I'm going to get that. And then I just keep buying those things. But if I'm looking for something completely new that I don't really know anything about, let's say sunglasses. Um, Well, I do that with like cameras or apps or, you know, you just want to know if the thing you want to buy actually does the thing you need it to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> but then like things that I don't know so much about, I'm uh, like, like, especially like laptops, for instance, I generally get the idea of what I'm looking for. I need this much in RAM just for processing stuff because I leave tabs open on everything and <laughs> am running like sophisticated processes on multiple things all at the same time. Uh, and then I need it to have a decent battery life and then I need it to, you know, like, like these are the things that I kind of just need in a, in a general thing, but I don't really know, like any laptop can have the same specs as another laptop and I don't know which one's better. So in those cases, I'm definitely looking for reviews. I'm definitely looking for like, okay, what do other people think about this? Weirdly enough though, when it comes to, um, because for instance, I'm always taken aback by, when I find a podcast episode or something that I really, really like, like there's in fact, this specific podcast that I really, really like, uh, just for, just for an example, it's a Rogan episode. Um, and it's from a long time ago and it's with this comedian, Kurt Metzger and this other guy, Owen Benjamin. And I think it's just like, it's funny. It's informative. It has a lot of stuff that I don't know about. They're talking about interesting concepts, you know, whatever. But then I went to YouTube one time and I was, I was listening to it on YouTube and the comments section, my God, people fucking hated that episode. Like people are like, this guy doesn't shut up. He's constantly interrupting, blah, blah, blah. Like they hate it and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, how did I have such a completely different impression? So I feel like in a weird sense, I think that social proof is important, like for buying and all that kind of stuff. But I don't find that I'm that driven based off of reviews on those kinds of things. Although in this case, I guess in that example, I already decided that I liked it before I read the reviews. So maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe. Uh, Yeah, you weren't influenced yet by Hmm. other people's points of view, which is a thing that happens a lot. I was looking up reviews for other scripted podcasts before we started ours, and uh, I'm glad I did because a lot of the negative reviews were, I have no idea what the hell is going on. Like, there's noises (laughs) and stuff. I have no idea what's going on. I have no, like, there's no sense of space or location or where are these characters, what's going on. And and so that helped motivate some choices we made in our edit. Yeah, I guess I guess that's good. It's like it's also it it can be used as like a self-referential thing. I mean, yeah, to be fair, that's that's actually a really strong point, because I did the same thing uh, with other nootropic brands. Like I'm trying to figure out what people like and what people don't like without even me put like, like doing I just anything wanna, yeah 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 it's like it's, it kind of allows me to cheat the system because it's like well let me just see what people and ironically the 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 two largest complaints are well there's three largest complaints 
but two of them are directly in opposition to one another, so it doesn't really help me all that much. One of the complaints that <clears throat> actually was um, like was it was a good thing for me to monitor because it's like I still haven't solved this problem myself. Uh, they were just like, "This tastes like shit." <laughs> And so the only like I've only solved that because I haven't even tried to approach that problem. I just capsule everything. I sell. I I only do capsules. Uh, a lot of these nootropic formulas do instant formulas where it's just the powder and you just drink it in water because that's a little more instantized. It it, does, it like uh, metabolizes in your body that much quicker. But I like if I try and do that because I've done it with like make a powder that I just. You know, it, and it's not micronized or anything like that. I'm not, again, I'm doing this all out of my kitchen. It's not nearly as like where it would be if, if this was actually like a, a high-end product. But um, it mine tastes like shit. Like mine tastes like, like absolute like shit. I can't, you know, there's nothing. It's like it just isn't, I, I haven't dealt with that problem yet. You know what I mean? So I'm just capsuling it. I'm not even trying to deal with. So eventually I will want to deal with like a powdered version, which you know, metabolizes quicker, but I just, I haven't gotten there. I don't know how to solve that problem just yet. Cause I haven't, you know what I mean? Um, the, the other two issues though, that were the key issues with any nootropic brand that I found is people would either complain that this isn't strong enough. I don't think it's doing, doing anything. This is just snake oil, which is like huge in like the supplement. You have to be able to demonstrate results. Otherwise people just think you're taking their money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which is, which is why like, multivitamin sales and stuff like that are so difficult and why that's like there are a million competing brands is because it's you can't prove that it's actually doing anything for you in your day-to-day -day, you know right what I mean? so you need to produce some measurable results like that people feel different on nootropics because if they don't then they're not going to pay it they're kind of expensive so they're not going to pay that money if they don't feel a result but then the other top complaint, because I just like indexed, I went on um, Amazon reviews and just like I indexed against different things. There was also like Google reviews and all that kind of stuff. The second complaint was that it was too strong and people felt like, oh, it was too chaotic. And like I was too like I couldn't get my head straight and I felt nauseous or all that kind of stuff. So I was like, well, shit. So basically I need to nail a Goldilocks formula where it's not too weak, but it's not too strong. It has to be right in the middle. And so that's why I um, am glad because I went with like a small testing group initially, but I've expanded it to a couple other buddies who I'm training with regularly now. And I'm glad that I did that because <clears throat> I had to expand because all the guys that I was kind of working with were like relatively my size, you know, uh -huh. 180 to, you know, anywhere from like 165 to 180, 185. Like that was kind of the, the group of guys. And I realized I am going to need to because I try. I gave Tori the same formula and she told me it tasted like shit. So <laughs> that, <laughs> so that I guess was helpful at review like right off the bat. But she's just kind of biased against those things already because she just doesn't trust any of that kind of stuff. But she said it was a little too much because, you know, she's like 115 pounds. So I was like, uh -huh. oh, OK, I'm going to have to expand the range here to really understand like how I'm going to balance this correctly. Um so that's been a challenge recently, and honestly, I haven't solved that problem either. So I'm kind of, I'm having some issues right now that that I'm trying to work out. Oh yeah, always with the issues with the tish. Yeah, it's it's basically synonymous. But I mean, on the positive side, um, well, you know, it's, well, I've I've always wondered with you know, like Benadryl, they're like sure. take this for a child, take this for an adult. Oh yeah, but then. Adults, they range from like child size to, you know, twice my size. And I'm a pretty big guy. Right. And so I, I often wonder how accurate that, like if, if that dose is that's recommended is like a super safe dose. Yeah. I mean, it basically has to be right. And, and right. like, I don't really know all that much about pharmacology. So I'm going to try not to overstep where my knowledge actually ends. But basically, they have to do a, a risk analysis um, based on what's what's called the LD50, uh, which stands for lethal dose at 50%. So, like, what would be the lethal dose for 50% of the population uh, of this compound or whatever, right? So, they do that analysis, and then they know kind of strategically how to back off the formula from there of, of what that would be. So... Basically, they're always giving you a super safe range. Like that's 
and and prescription drugs specifically, it's like they're giving you a super safe range. Um, now, again, there are, of course, the weird aberrations, like something else in your system doesn't fucking work well with this. And that's when you get these really weird interactions where people have to go to the hospital and all that kind of stuff. But that is so few and far between. It's kind of like, um, you know, not to not to bring up too polarizing a subject. Don't do it. But it's kind of like vaccines. Oh, vaccines. Did you get yours yet? <laughs> I did. I, I got my first. Uh, oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I'm waiting on my dude. OK, uh, not to digress too far, but this must be stated. So I got mine um, this this past week on Wednesday, I think. Right. Nice. Have you gotten yours? I did. OK, uh, your uh, first of two or did you get the one that's a one shot? I did. Uh, I get two. So I had the first of two. OK. OK. Yeah. Um, how long did you did get the you one shot for yours? No, I, I'm I'm getting two, so I, I have my second scheduled for uh, three so a.m. on April twenty first. You are insane. You are insane. It wasn't my choice. It wasn't my choice. That was all they had left. Uh, insane. You're insane. So I I have been doing vaccine patrols for my family. I I took my mom. I took my grandmother, and that mm-hmm. taking them at the same time that took about forty five minutes total round trip. And then I went by myself when they dropped the. Uh, age age range to 30 i was able to sneak myself in and i it took me about an hour and then i took my aunt yesterday and took her about an hour and it was the drive-through one not the drive walk in and sit down one okay so i was in a drive-through one uh that it like this was just the location that they scheduled for me based on my zip code it was at the cardinal stadium which is in Glendale, which uh, is just a part like I, I, I hate people who like say, oh, I live in Chandler. Or I live in Ahwatukee or I live whatever. It's like, nope, you live in Phoenix. It's all Phoenix. Fuck you like for thinking differently. But then yeah. again, I'm just an idiot. I'm just a guy from Tucson. So that's why we say things like that. Right. It's like I, they're, they're literally the difference between here to here. It's like we drive across like, you know, where my folks live. Right. In, in yep. like w- way far east. That's Tucson. And then I go all the way downtown and that's Tucson. But if you did that here in Phoenix, it's like you would have crossed through Phoenix, then Peoria, then Glendale. You know what I mean? It's like it just doesn't make sense. It's so annoying that they do stuff like this. But anyways, that's besides the point. So it's in Glendale, which is uh, to me thought of as kind of like the shittier part of Phoenix. It's like Mesa and Glendale are to me generally the shittier parts. But anyways, so the Cardinal Stadium is there. So my appointment time is uh, 2.57 p.m. on Wednesday. Like a good Indian boy that I am, I'm in line at 2.45 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, the line, according to my GPS, is a mile, like 1.7 miles away from the stadium. By the time I'm out of the line and on my way home, it's uh, just before 6. Whoa. Yeah. That's a day. That's a morning. That sucked. It sucked real bad. So um, you should have just come oh, down here to do it. I, honestly, that's I'm kind of regretting that I did because my dad was like, oh, yeah, just you can do the there's the vaccine pod at the U of A. Just you, go do that one. Like just sign up for that one. I that's honestly I don't know why. Yeah, I honestly don't know why I didn't do that because evidently it's because my my parents were like super smooth and through and you know whatever like all i'm hearing is that it's not taking people this long except for in fucking phoenix because of course so it's like honestly it's phoenix yeah because here's here's something that i learned about myself in la right i don't mind a long drive if i'm like going at a good clip you know what i mean because it's like i feel like i'm gaining distance i feel like i'm doing whatever but a long drive in LA wasn't a long distance. My commute to and from work was only, um, it was like less than 20 miles, but Uh it took two hours. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just infuriating to be parked somewhere for a long time. And so honestly, it's like, I wouldn't mind the commute from Phoenix to Tucson, get vaccinated and then back up to Phoenix because it's like, I'm moving, I'm going somewhere, you know, whatever. I'm listening to a podcast, whatever. It drives me nuts when I'm just like sitting there for half an hour. Like, ugh, like it, it, I, I would much rather. So basically I regret 
not signing up for yeah and then especially i complete the line and they're like okay well it looks like we're out of appointment slots and first of all it's like why even make these appointment slots because if my appointment time was 257 well i wasn't anywhere near getting my vaccine at 257 it took hours before i right. got there so so i a i don't understand the importance of these appointment times it's like I guess you should just show up whenever you want to show up. Like, I don't understand the need for that if, if it doesn't really matter. But anyways, um, but yeah, now I really regret it because they uh, basically said that uh, they were out of appointment slots. So the only one that I had that would fit like the, the window that I have to get my second shot in, they were like, yeah, April 21st at 3.21 a.m. or something like that. I was like, oh, perfect. Well. I think we're on the same uh, shot schedule, which is insane. Because I got mine on Wednesday, and I get my really? second one on the twenty first. Uh huh. See, soulmates, yeah. Chris. You and I are the same. Yep, and we're wearing the same shirt. This is crazy. Same yeah. shirt. We're wearing a hat. We're both kind yeah. of brown. Like, do you see how you and I are the same person? Yep. I. I. I guess I can see it. <laughs> If only we were a more popular podcast, we would have somebody writing fan fiction about this. But, ooh, I don't think I'd want to read it. <laughs> no, you're not a little curious. <laughs> I, I'd be curious, but I wouldn't want to read it. I would still read it, but mm. it's going to be too much. Fair enough. Yeah. So, getting vaccinated, all this kind of stuff, it's all, you know. But uh, I'm excited to do so because then I really just don't uh, like I feel like I don't really have as many like, of course, you still have to be smart. You still have to be safe and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like I don't have as many barriers as, you know, uh, when this originally all kicked off, you know, gyms were closing. My work was closed. Everything was closed. And I just kind of thought, like, I'm not really sure when I'm back to doing the things that I'm, you know, wanting to do, whether that was my like my current job or whether that was, um you know, my activities with flow roll for a while there, even when the gyms closed, it's like I had no activity on flow roll because all I was doing was ingesting my own, like I was making them for myself, taking them and then taking notes. But it's like, that wasn't really productive. So I was kind of like wondering when I was going to be able to get that momentum back. And even though I think like life is still going to, because <clears throat> for instance, uh, my parents are fully vaccinated and Tori is fully vaccinated. I'm the only one who isn't. I'm a one shot, but I got the Pfizer. And from what I've seen, it's like the Pfizer one is pretty effective, even on one dose. It's like 80 percent, 80 percent effective on one dose, I think. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but even with that, you know, because uh, my folks for the first time in a year, my folks are coming up here tonight to have dinner. And we were still kind of like. Ooh, uh, can we find a restaurant that we can sit outside? Do are they still doing distancing? Like I know the mask mandate is down. Like, are they still wearing masks? Like we were looking for someone somewhere that still fit the old criteria. So I think we're going to be operating like this for a little bit longer, like just psychologically, you know what I mean? And, um, but I'm glad that, you know, or, or like I'm trying to get myself to keep pushing the momentum on things like flow roll because all right. Uh, I have it lined up like I've I've pretty much got it down to two and they're both Chinese like that's the problem like not not that that's a bad thing but it's like I was going to be I like I briefly thought about like well would it be an added bonus if I was like oh uh, fl like flow roll made in America like made in the USA you know whatever like if I printed that on the you know like I just thought like maybe that'd be a nice thing but the I can't afford that shit no you can't. Like I literally can't because the the two finalist companies that I'm that I've narrowed it down, like I've been doing research that I want them to make kind of a larger production run for me. So I don't have to do it uh, just because I, I got that bonus. So I was like, all right, cool. This will be a good way to kind of push flow roll forward a little bit like to the next phase. And I, I just I got completely priced out from from US companies like I found this great one that's that's in Texas. So so even the shipping, the, like the shipping costs reduced and all that kind of stuff. But it's like the 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 price per ounce basically of what I was asking to get created was just way higher, and um, so it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's like I I'm not at that stage where I can like my margins are any good to be like oh no we're full on you know an American based company. It's like well unfortunately I can't do that. Like I can't make those margins. So it's given me a weird sort of appreciation for like companies that have to like. Toe that line, you know, what right? I mean? Uh huh. 
I have a friend in Texas. Her father owns uh, some sort of something where he provides ball bearings. And they had this. I remember last time I saw them was like three years ago because, you know, a year of that was this pandemic. But I haven't yeah. traveled out there in a while. And she was talking about this big client that she had. It was like the city of St. Louis or something like that. And they're trying to sell mm-hmm. them these ball bearings for like street lights or something weird like that. I don't remember the exact street details. lights need ball bearings. <laughs> I I don't I was only half listening because it was a weird thing to talk about. But uh, okay. she was saying that their major competitor was some Chinese company and they could just provide everything so much cheaper. And it was just yeah. trying to get them to buy the uh, made in America type label on it versus way, way cheaper, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's that's honestly the thing. Like, that's why I respect companies like Rogue, for instance. And and again, not for any reason, not that it's like I think it's a negative thing to have your product uh, uh, created and merchandised abroad. Like, I don't think that that's a problem, but the fact that obviously if you do get your stuff manufactured in America, then your stuff is propping up the labor internally, which is, you know, paying people and keeping food on people's table and all that kind of stuff. It's like, it's, it's a little bit of an honorable thing. So that's like why with rogue, their products are more expensive, but because they're the top of the line equipment, you know, people buy them at at a higher margin of cost and they're made in America. But it's just like, you have to have the margins to be able to do that. And at this yeah. juncture in time, I don't have any because mar- I'm 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 operating in a deficit, like obviously. Right. You, if you're not if you're not making any sales, then, of course, you're operating in a deficit. And in fact, most startups stay in the deficit for like. Three to five years. Like that's right. That's yeah. Just the honest to God truth. So it's like right now I just don't have the margins to be able to do that. So, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day like that, that could be a goal of mine. That I do want it completely because another thing that I didn't that this exposed to me that I didn't think I'd realize that I wanted. I kind of because most supplement companies still they never actually manufacture in house. They always manufacture elsewhere. And now that could be overseas or that could be uh, domestic. It You know, it doesn't really matter, but they don't really do their own in-house manufacturing. But I uh, that. I've told you about this guy now a million times, that guy, Nick bear, the the guy I've been, you know, following his series. I read his book. It's like, he actually wanted to do it differently where part of his warehouse, like his warehouse is manufacturing it himself. So it's all, it's not only made in America, but it's made by his company, like legitimately in-house produced. And that was kind of something that really, really appealed to me. I don't know how I'm like, how I would get to that level of profitability to be able to do that because then that that comes with so much more overhead, right? That right. comes with manufacturing space, tools, equipment, employees, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It just like goes from there. But it's like, to me, that seemed like a good goal to have is like, you know, maybe one day be able to be one of those different companies that it's like, no, we make our own stuff in house. Like we legitimately just do it all ourselves. So that way, you know, that you've got the quality and the control that you expect, you know, from this, this brand. Um, so yeah, and you again, pinpoint problems faster. It's yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Because it's like what happens all the time, especially with the audience that I'm trying to market to essentially is like what happens all the time is that these fighters, uh, go and get some supplements off the off the shelf at GNC or like one of those uh, stores like that, right? Those companies are all being manufactured like who knows where. Like a lot of them are, you know, uh, uh, Thailand, Vietnam, you know, et cetera, China, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not that they are actively dirty products, but it's that these products are manufactured in the same place as other products that have some banned substances in them. And mind you, not banned as in illegal, but banned in competition. Like Uh you can't be taking these substances, you know, for whatever reason. Um, So just because of cross-contamination, you get like trace elements of product, you know, A, that's banned into product B, the one that you're actually trying to sell, the ones that these guys are picking up off the shelves. So there have been countless amounts of times, like I've been watching this, that fights get canceled or people get banned and then it's like pending it's pending a uh, investigation all that kind of stuff based on 
this product, like there was this guy, Yola Romero, and he just turned in this, like, he was like, hey, here's a supplement. I bought it from GNC. Here's the receipt, like, you know, whatever. And they found that it had a, a banned substance in it. And it wasn't his fault, but he still got fined. He still, you know, whatever. So yeah. to me, then I was like, hey, if I really want to be in that marketable segment, if I want to be addressing competitive athletes or, or, you know, and originally it was focused on martial artists and fighters and stuff. But then, you know, to your point, I was, I was like, I think you brought it up on a podcast. Like why not broaden that focus? You know, anybody who has kind of a mental aspect to their, to their physical activity and like, what, why don't you broaden that focus? And I was like, Oh, that's really great. Well, we have to be very careful about banned substances. So if that's the case, then it just makes a lot of sense to just manufacture it all ourselves. Uh-huh. Um, but that's, that's like a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really getting ahead of myself, but I actually kind of enjoy that for the first time because it's like, take for example, the difference between flow roll and my job, my job, I have gotten to a good level. Like I'm at a good level where you could kind of call it cruising altitude. I'm doing, you know, good work and I'm making a decent pay. But if you ask me, what are the things that I would want out of this pathway you know, in the next five years or the next 10 years, I couldn't actually really tell you like outside of, Oh, I want to make more money. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not, I never have developed like what I want out of that. Flow roll is like directly the opposite. I am not at a cruising altitude. I am not making any money. In fact, I'm just spending a lot of it, (laughs) but I actually have like, things that I'm like, oh, that'd be really cool if uh, we were able to completely manufacture it domestically. That's a goal. That's something that I could work towards. Or, um, oh, I think it'd be really cool if, uh, you know, because I see these other brands that are part of propping up these competitions, like um, there, there's this uh, tournament series called High Rollers, and it's, it was basically built off of a couple companies coming together and being like, hey, these are the problems we see with jujitsu tournaments. We would love to run our own. Why don't we build our own? And then, you know, basically the prize money or the prize stuff is all just stuff from these other companies. It's like, oh, I could get involved in something like that. That'd be really cool 10 years down the line. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like I actually have things I'm trying to accomplish here, but I don't have a baseline. Whereas in my regular job, I have a strong baseline. I don't really have anything I'm trying to accomplish. Like I'm not, I'm just doing things, you know what I mean? I'm doing stuff to try and, yeah, I'm I'm trying to increase my income of course, but it's like, it's not for any purpose. So it's, I'm in this really interesting sort of space where it's like, I know what I'm doing in my current job, but I'm not really, I mean, let's hope that none of my, you know, bosses or coworkers ever listen to this, but it's like, I'm not really interested in it. Not really. I I do Uh it. I, and I do it well, and I'm I'm always interested in doing a good job. Don't get that twisted, but I'm not really interested. In it. It's not something that I would like. If I just had a choice, if I had ten million dollars, would I go do that? It's like, no, right. If I had ten million dollars, how many millions could I put into Flow Roll before I went bankrupt? That's the next question I'm asking. You know what I mean? Twenty, twenty million. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I just dump it all and lose it <laughs> like immediately. <laughs> yeah. So so that's um. I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at right now. It was kind of an interesting, uh, like going off of your advice from the the past, you know, this week was a real challenge, but I kind of stopped looking at it as something. And this sounds so bad, but maybe not. I don't know. You tell me this week was challenging and very frustrating. And I've had this thing where basically, you know, three of my friends have come to me, not come to me, but when I asked them, because one of my friends said, I talk about work all the time. And then I asked my other, like two other friends, I was like, do I talk about work all all the time? And they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I was like, shit, I don't want to be that person. So I, this week, not only have I like raised my pay grade a little bit, but also I'm actively trying to pretend to be some other guy for a little while. And that guy gets the job done. He does it really, really well, but he's just not that emotionally tied to it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So when really frustrating things like on Friday, somebody dumped something into my lap and they're like, we need this by 4 p.m. And it's like I could see the email chain below and they had had it for so long and they only just passed it to me now. And it's like things like that just drove me fucking crazy. But I just was like, nope, we're here now. Get the job done. Who cares? Like just, you know, throw on a good podcast, 
or, or music or something and just like get it done. So I'm trying to be less emotionally invested in that kind of stuff because it's like I've realized that that kind of takes away because when I'm all emotionally invested in my current job, then it's like I don't have the energy left to like, OK, let me call this other manufacturing company and see like what kind of a discount I could get because I can't like I don't have the energy left to negotiate with somebody because, you know, I can see the rates that they post online, but it's like I'm trying to you know, every company I'm trying to see how much wiggle room I could have to kind of bring it down. Uh-huh. And I just don't have the energy for that. Or I don't have the desire to do that. If I've spent all day, you know, being really emotionally tied into my, into my job. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to, this week actually worked out a little bit better for that. I, I'm like, I'm still doing a great job, but I've backed off of like being this emotionally tied to it. Yeah. I don't think that sounds bad. I think the older you get only having three friends is okay. <laughs> that wasn't the part that I was talking about, but that's oh, uh, you okay. know, I didn't oh. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean that's that's another thing, right? But it's like really outside of you and Colton and one of my other buddies here, it's like that's pretty much who I talk to on a, on a regular basis. Like those, those are my three friends. <laughs> but at, at the same time though, it's like, what else is going on right now? You can't do anything. You can't yeah. really go work out. You can't do adventures. You can't go to restaurants. You yeah. can't go to, you know, the, the fair or the lake and do jet skis, whatever you used to do a year ago, you know? So to it makes clear, sense. That you, I've never go ahead. I don't, I don't believe you. I, I believe you do nothing but water sports all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, to be fair, I've never been a lake person or a fair person. I don't do either of those. Oh, you're talking about that one time you came up to Phoenix and we went to that fucking thing. Oh, yeah, we did go to a, a farmer's market or something. Some shit like that. Yeah. Well, OK, that was because my buddy or medieval times to, or whatever you do, whatever it was. Yeah. Well, that was because my buddy who's not used to being single was like briefly single for a period of time. So he was just losing his mind and made us go to a bunch of dumb shit. So he could like hang out with some girl. Ugh. Oh man. Those were the days. Um, yeah. But no, I think that's a good move. I guess I don't know the entire story at your work life, but it sounds like at the holiday party, the back to school Ugh. party, you're going to probably confront this guy and get into a yelling match with him. I'm going to pull you to no, apart. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Everybody thinks that I'm so fucking aggressive and I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I know you're not going to do that. I know you're not going to do that. But yeah, man, yeah. I, work is work. Work is work, what else, man. What and else are you going to talk about? With, with that guy? No, with your friends. I mean, that's all you've been oh. doing for the last year. I know. Right. Like, like, it's like you, you can't really fault me for that because it's like everything, the volume on everything else got cranked down, but work stayed the same. You know, it's like, sure, I do it from home, but that stayed the same. It's like my expectations and my role and stuff like that are the same as before we left. So, you know, everything else, it's like, like even still, I, you know, I haven't been to a bar. I went, I went that one time uh, to Mackenzie's when you came up here. That was fun. Yep. Um, That was fun. But uh, but it's like, yeah, every, everything else just got the volume really cranked down on it. Uh, whereas, you know, work is still cranked up to 26. I got there before you did. Uh, yeah, you did. Because yeah, you did. I'm taking you're I'm taking, taking ownership, ownership of, of it. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not letting you hurt me with this anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like work is still the same, whereas everything else got cranked down. So it's like I don't. I didn't necessarily think that I was talking about it too much, but it's also me kind of managing the kind of person that I want to be. And I don't want to be one of these guys who's like constantly work focused or constantly stressed out about that. But yeah. And learn, learning to, how to listen, listen to your friends talk about work. No, I don't have any time for that. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm a narcissist. I don't have any time for that. Uh, Chris Scott, do you got anything to plug? Uh, just the podcast, Tucson Heat, and this podcast, Roman Profitable. Take a listen, write a review, share, rate all that fun stuff, and uh, follow me at Elephant Scout on social media. Perfect. I am just about the same. Go listen to Tucson Heat. 
uh, especially now that it's uh, gonna be very shortly in a bingeable format. That sounds like a lot of fun. I might even just experiment going through uh, all the episodes in one go because like I said, my favorite, and my favorite still is episode three. I don't know why you're such a hater on it. I mean, I understand why you're such a hater on it, but uh, I think you're wrong. All right, all right. It's just my impression. Um, But I'd be interested to see what happens in a more contiguous format, if that maybe uh, makes my impressions a little bit different, perhaps. Um, But outside of that, obviously, Ramen Profitable Podcast, like, comment, subscribe, uh, thumbs up, uh, heart emoji, you know, whatever all the things are, do those things. Um, And then find me on Instagram, at Atishmazish. Um, and, uh, for God's sakes, somebody please send me book recommendations. I'm burning through stuff this year. Um, so I can always use something new. That's, uh, give me something on startups. Somebody send me something about, uh, about startups or something that changed your mind on startups or something like that. So I have something to reference because I keep reading the lean startup and it just annoys the shit out of me. So give me something new to read. Give me something fun to read. Give me something that'll change my perspective on these startup books because they make me feel very depressed about my future. (laughs) Until then, uh, catch us next time on Ramen Profitable.